Thanks for tuning in to another episode of From Funding to Fame, where we interview the founders and funders currently raising capital on FrontFunder, as well as experts in the private capital markets. I'm your host, Trieste Redding, the head of campaigns at FrontFunder, and I'm excited to introduce more Canadians to equity crowdfunding. This podcast episode features conversations about a business's current operations and future plans and as a result may contain forward-looking information. There can be no assurance that forward-looking information will prove to be accurate as actual results and future events could differ materially from those anticipated in such statements. Listeners should not place undue reliance on forward-looking information. Today we're going to be speaking with the CEO and co-founder of Uproot, Chris LaRolle. Root Food Collective is a scalable commercialization platform for growing locally inspired brands with the necessary infrastructure, systems, marketing, and sales channels to take amazing and emerging products from local markets nationally. Since launching in 2014 as Honest Dumplings before transforming into the company we know today, Root Food Collective is providing local businesses a path for growth and connecting consumers with premium local food brands. Here are some highlights. The company empowers hundreds of locally inspired culinary artisans unleashing their energy, commitment, and passion to create new and innovative food products. In leveraging advanced food manufacturing systems, cloud-based operations, and a highly efficient e-commerce platform, the company has achieved impressive results so far, with an error rate of only 0.3% and the ability to process and deliver 50,000 orders in three years. They have a unique portfolio of owned brands such as South Island Pie Company, a leading New Zealand style meat pie with over 500 sold per day in Alberta alone, Honest Dumplings, which is a leading innovator in the frozen Asian category, and NKD, which is an innovative and leading raw dark chocolate confection. Overall, they have a scalable business model with an expected portfolio size of 400 brands within three years and 700 brands within five years. Hi, Chris. Thanks so much for being here today. How are you doing? Uh, really good. How are you? How are you doing, Trias? I'm doing well, thanks. It's a beautiful day here in uh, Vancouver. So really looking forward to having a chat with you and just learning more about your background and uh, Uproot itself. Um, from having read a little bit about your background, it's it's really interesting. You've proven quite the uh, entrepreneurial spirit throughout your journey and uh, combined with kind of your background and your co-founder, Rayma's culinary expertise. Um, Brute was born. So kind of moving you into the, the food business there. So you've got your, your MBA, you have a lifelong entrepreneurial streak, you've advised, enabled and built companies from startup to full operating companies. So what kind of inspired you to get on this path of entrepreneurship? And did you know it was something that you always wanted to do in your career? Yeah, I, I, I guess um, I know some people some people say they they knew they wanted to be an entrepreneur when they were born, kind of thing. And but it wasn't really me as much. I um I I maybe always had a little bit of a an entrepreneurial streak where everything from being a paper boy when I was 12 years old to kind of finding odd jobs and and that kind of thing. But I, I think I didn't really realize until I um went to university and um started really to get involved in student groups and um ended up actually building a, a student group around innovation and entrepreneurship and connecting to kind of the broader community outside of campus and i think that was the first time that i really got this bug and realized oh i, I love building things that's amazing i think um university and getting together with like-minded people can be so positive in terms of developing those new ideas and innovation. I know myself, I did a, a master's of global business where we traveled and studied together for a year. And it was just a, a great opportunity to 
learn more about other people's backgrounds and exchange ideas and talk more about what you want to see in the world. And that's always so uh, inspiring in terms of getting people encouraged to really take the uh, entrepreneurial path, which is great. Yeah, for sure. It's a, it's a, it's an amazing environment for just that that creativity and 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 exploration. Absolutely. Now, coming back to uproot a little bit. So you've addressed that there's a need kind of in the the traditional retail grocery and existing online online delivery that can't really support that constant food innovation. Kind of coming back to your experience, entrepreneurship and innovation there. So can you perhaps give everyone an introduction to Uproot and uh, tell us more about how you're addressing the significant challenges faced today by those emerging local food brands in the traditional food industry. Yeah, so I, I guess for that, you kind of, I kind of got to go back to a little bit of the start of our story. And um, um, at the time, I back in, in the early um, 2010s, I was uh, working at a Tech Edmonton, which was a, a technology accelerator here in um, the Edmonton area. And that, as, as I mentioned, I kind of had that entrepreneurial bug and was seeing kind of all the support for the tech industry and kind of the community rallying around it and, and all of that. And, and at the same time, my wife um, really discovered food was her passion. And so I um, had that entrepreneurial bug was like, let's get in and, and let's, let's start, start a company. Like, don't go take culinary school or something. Let's just get, get in it. And um, um, right away, um, we, we started in the farmer's market, just like anybody does. We launched Honest Dumplings and it was this just local hit. Everybody was talking about it, loved it. Did some pop-up restaurants back when that was the thing and, and have lineup around the block. And, you know, it was, it was, it was pretty exciting and fun, but, but then we sat back and said, okay, well, how do we actually turn this into a business and, and grow this? And um, I think because I was in this, the ecosystem or the tech ecosystem, I was looking at it from an industry perspective and I saw, Hey, there isn't really the same kind of support systems for food companies and, and, and how do we grow this? And as we sat down and put a plan and brought some people together, we realized it's, it's a massive undertaking, undertaking from having a facility to putting together a team, to getting equipment, financing, putting a hassle food safety program. And then you need, you need to have margin, enough margin that you can pay your, that your suppliers, your brokers, your distributors, your retailers, and it doesn't really leave you with a lot as a producer. And, and then to make it even more complicated, we were a frozen product. So um, you had to have the frozen storage and, and uh, from a D to C or perspective, it's, it's really difficult because you need to have your, your you got to be able to support with financially your customer acquisition, uh, having a freezer box, dry ice shipping, all of that. And, and that often leaves companies underwater on those that that d2c model within the frozen space and so really looking at it from this industry perspective i was like the current model doesn't work well for for food co's and is there is there a different way we could do this could we leverage what we're building and what we're putting together can we put the infrastructure the systems the processes the capability together to not only enable our success but other emerging food companies and that was really the genesis of uproot and 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 the idea of uproot and we know we can't really solve everything for these companies, but, but really our goal is to try and make it easier for emerging companies to succeed as well as our own brands. And, and I think ultimately what it comes down to is, is, I, is I talked a lot about all these, these capabilities, but, but really it's about how do we get our products to more customers, to drive higher revenue, to, to get better at customer at, customer retention and repeats and, and bring new and innovative products to people who really love and want them. 
an amazing mission. I, I definitely, you know, over my uh, few years here with Brent Funder, I've worked with a lot of uh, food and beverage uh, CPG companies, and it you really, your, your eyes are open to, to how much work it is to get the product in the hands of the consumer. And to your point, when you're a frozen product, not only is it tough, I think, logistically with the product, but I've also heard that just trying to secure shelf space because it is such a little section of the store that that can be such a huge challenge for these companies as well. So it's really nice to see that you guys are taking that on and trying to uh, improve that for a lot of uh, food producers. And on the topic of kind of your, your mission to solve these innovative problems, perhaps you could shed some more light on how Uproot Food Collective aims to revolutionize the industry by eliminating the substantial barriers that these emerging brands face yeah well i i, I think um we we always try to look at what what do we wish existed when we started what do we wish the support systems that were out there or the infrastructure that we could leverage and by doing that we believe that we can help these other companies and and our own brands to overcome a lot of these barriers and, and see a lot more success and so we do everything from sitting down with companies and checking their packaging, doing reviews, doing consultation, doing giving them connections to better suppliers or cheaper suppliers, um, all of those things that we've built over time. And, and then we look at what capability we can leverage. And like a quick, quick example was we were doing well over a thousand deliveries a month in here in Alberta. And so it was like, well, can we start doing distribution for other food companies? And so we leverage that infrastructure to bring um, other companies' products, not just to our grocery store and our customers, but to their grocery store, their customers. And so we were able to then increase our, our capability, expand our operations at the same time as giving a better deal for these other companies. Um, and, and, and by doing that, we open up some of the, some of these brands maybe are, are fairly smaller or are, are newer and, and they're maybe trapped kind of in Edmonton or the Edmonton area. But by doing that, we open up 85% of, of Alberta right now. And we can't wait as we expand and grow that we can then do the same thing at, an, at a national perspective. Um, and, and not just that, but, but really, I think the key piece is that a lot of these emerging brands have trouble when they're starting out to get into a grocery store. And so we make that really easy and, and we pretty much let most companies come in. Um, we obviously have a certain kind of standard that we hold to and it's got to be a fit and it's got to work within our supply chain and, 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 our, and, our, and our capability. But we really let all these companies come in and we give them that first taste of what it is to be in a retail environment and, and handhold them kind of along that way. Um, so I think that's, that's a big part is this just opening up this broader distribution and, and opening up sales and opening up kind of the, the, the market for these brands in the early days. It's uh, really amazing. I think the, the big things that kind of stand out to me there are really just the focus that uh, you have on community and uh, really, you know, collaboration with with other companies within the ecosystem there. And uh, I know you mentioned kind of through your campaign materials that Uproot really serves as the bridge between local brands and customers. So would love to know a little bit more about the, the unique benefits that you offer to, to both those parties within the ecosystem. And uh, perhaps you could just dive into a little bit more of those unique aspects of uh, Uproot Food Collective's uh, solution. Yeah, you, you know what, I, th I think because because we're really predominantly focused on emerging brands and, and local and local to Canada, um, is that, that, that mix, the product mix that we have can't be found anywhere. 
um, else. You would, if, if you're a consumer here in Alberta and you're looking to, to get, um, to try some of the, uh, the, the best products from Calgary and this hidden local niche product and this one and that, um, you would have to probably go to four or five stores, 10 different farmers markets, um, all of that to just be able to build this, this basket that within Uproot, you can just click, 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 and it uh, gets delivered or you can pick up um, or, or come in store and shop. And, and really, it, it, it brings this unique kind of opportunity to really know, first of all, that everything you're doing is created by a, an amazing, passionate founder, um, but it's all within, within can, Canadian products as well. Um, and, and on top of this, I think it just comes down to, to having excellent customer service. And, you know, we, we pride ourselves on always making things right and working with, with customers if there's ever an error, an issue and, and fixing it right away. That's fantastic. I know for, for myself, I've definitely developed a, a deep appreciation for those grocery stores that do carry some of the, the lesser known products. I've now been uh, celiac for almost a year, so can't have gluten. And so have been discovering a lot of those brands that offer great gluten-free alternatives, but it's typically a smaller company that is a little bit more difficult to find, or in some cases may only be able to deliver it uh, in the freezer. They may not have the, the capabilities to kind of just be a shelf-stable product. So it's uh, it's great to see when companies are really giving that uh, opportunity to, to different producers who are trying to be innovative in the space, which is great to see. Now, um, I know we, we learned... A little bit earlier about just the the platform that you are and able to connect you know consumers with local farmers and artisanal food producers but as with any growing business generating revenue is a, essential for sustainability and growth so we'd love to hear a little bit more about how uproot itself as a company makes money um so yeah if you could tell us a little bit more about the the business model and uh primary revenue streams for any investors listening that would be great yeah you bet so so we we really have uh three main channels so there's the the wholesale or B2B side of things, because we do have our own brands, um, Honest Dumpling, South Island Pies, and, and Natural Kitchen Delights. Um, so all three of those are sold in the stores. We're in about um, like over 100 stores here in Alberta um, between the three products. Not every store has has all of them. Um, but um, that's that's probably one of the, that, that's about a 25% or 30% of our business. And then um, the other big chunk is, is the um, e-com store or uprootfoodstore.ca and so in that we kind of parcel it into two pieces and there's kind of our own brands and then there's the other products and um, the other products is, is very similar to the model that any kind of e-com or retailer has but the nice thing is our own brands um, within our own channel have a much higher margin and really that is what really drives the success of uproot and 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 helps us both on a customer acquisition side and 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 having a healthy margin to, to run the business. Um, and then the, the third part is, is, is really come out of um, that kind of leveraging the infrastructure and everything from say the distribution that we're doing for companies to um, we recently started um, working or, or back in January this year with uh, um, Mizzo.com, which has um, uh, dry meat and pemmican strips that, that are phenomenal um, indigenous run uh, company. And, we um, actually run their full e-com. Um, we do the fulfillment um, and, and run the back end of the social for them. So there's, because we're a producer and we, we have all this, we, we, we understand kind of that needs from the production all the way to, to getting it to the customer, um, that vertical integration with us that we're able to really just 
put out a quick and easy solution for, for other food companies that we can then um, just jump in and start running and, and managing it and, and doing it in a way that really is effective and helpful for them. Really appreciate that uh, overview there. I think one thing we have yet to really dive into in, in too much detail is actually the um, brands that, that you guys have. So perhaps you can give us uh, just a, a brief overview of kind of the, the three lines um, that you guys offer. Yeah, so um, Honest Dumplings um, is, um, is, our, is, the, is the, the company that my wife and I started. So that, that's, that's definitely our baby. And uh, um, it is uh, like gourmet Chinese style dumplings with creative flavors. So my wife, she's from Shanghai where dumplings are the biggest thing in the world over there. And um, really came, when she came to Canada, couldn't find um, something that she just loved. And so that, that was kind of the genesis and, and, and root in that brand. And, and it's been an amazing platform to really try and reinvent the Asian category where we've recently launched like spring rolls. Um, and, and we have a whole plethora of products that, that we're ready to, or getting ready to, to launch that really are, are disruptive in the space, bringing just unique flavors. Like, like you can get a poutine dumpling or you can have your traditional, oh. you can get your traditional pork or we just launched the poutine dumpling or you, um, have the maple pork belly or all, all sorts of different flavors. And, and um, we, we also have tons of plant-based ones within that line. And, and actually we recently just launched our, or, or not launched them. Um, I think last year we launched our gluten-free version and we had spent um, a, a year and a half developing just amazing formulation for the wrappers. And it's, it's, it's like nothing that's out there right now. And that seems to be a massive hit in Alberta um, at this time. Um, one of the other brands, South Island Pies, is a New Zealand-style meat pie, so puff pastry, stew-like filling. Um, many people don't realize that it's quintessential in New Zealand, the meat pie. They eat 80 million pies a year. There's 4 million people. They eat more pies than we eat hot dogs. And, um, wow. and uh, Jamie, the founder of that, he was our neighbor in the farmer's market. That's how we ended up working together and ultimately merging the businesses, was... Um, he, he got to Canada, couldn't find a really good meat pie and uh, started the business, knew he'd regret it if he didn't. And it is it has become the, the runaway product here for us in Alberta. We um, were we're um, it's just amazing trying to keep up and it's become something big here that that's really interesting where just everybody knows South Island pies and and they love all the new flavors and everything that we're launching on that as well. Um, and then the third brand is Natural Kitchen Delights, which is a, a raw, dark vegan chocolate. Um, it's actually just undergone a rebranding and we're getting ready to, to launch that to be much bigger. But because it's a, a raw, dark chocolate, the way it is, it's not tempered. So it has to be kept in a fridge. Um, so it's a, it's a little bit, little bit um, um, different than, than kind of the chocolate that you would experience out there with kind of the crunch. And, and that, that's a little bit harder. Amazing. I love the uh, international lens that you have to the, the food lines there. I think it's one of the food is one of the really just biggest connectors of bringing people together and, and sharing cultures and, um, you know, always uh, getting to have those international options is, is great. Um, I think for myself, I'll need to look at how I can place an order for those gluten-free dumplings. That sounds wonderful. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, really, really appreciate you walking us through uh, the, the various kind of uh, businesses and product lines there. Now, I guess coming back to, to Uproot um, Collective as a whole a little bit there, um, so you've said that the go-to-market strategy revolves around 
constantly offering kind of limited additional products, seasonal favorites, a wide range of staple items, as well as attracting new customers and of course, encouraging repeat purchases. So perhaps you could share some more insights about Uproot's marketing strategy and any specific um, strategies or channels that you may rely on to promote and attract both customers and producers to the platform. Yeah, so I guess what we really try to do is is think about what customers want first, and 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 I know that and 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 also tie that into being that mostly that most of our business is online, and we have a little bit more fluidity in our product ability that we're not tied to a planogram like a big grocery store where it's like it's kind of set for a year. So we 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 really look at like, how can we leverage that we don't have a planogram and, and what do customers really looking for? And, and so that really leads to these like limited editions and seasonal runs and new products, new product offerings. Um, and, and, and we know that the customers that we have, they, they love the innovation, they love these products and, and we just try and push as much of it as we can. And anytime a vendor or a local food company is launching a limited edition, we're the first person reaching out to be like, get it to us, get it to us. We want to sell it. And we, we, we know our customers will love it. Like, please, please get it to us as quick as you can. And, and, and that really is, is, is the big kind of differentiator in that. Um, but also from the marketing perspective, we, we really lean into all the brands. So not only does Uproot have its following, but like Honest Dumplings does, South Island Pie does, Natural Kitchen Delights does. So you can lean, we lean into all of those to, Kind of drive people in both to our wholesale and uproot channels um and 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 as well no because we have this this base of 80 90 local food companies we really work with them to try to bring their customer base in to uproot and 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 help drive the channel as well and and we know it the value proposition is there because our, our cost of customer acquisition ends up being around 40 dollars, and we have a lifetime value of of our oldest cohorts at $600. Like we're, we're, we're definitely um, something that people like and, and they end up coming back and keep coming back. And, and that's, that's really what drives the marketing. That's amazing. You've definitely highlighted how you're, you're really there to kind of deliver what customers are looking for as well with those innovative food products. I think as many people are aware of or seeing nowadays, you know, more people are leaning towards uh, gluten-free options, plant-based vegan options. Um, what's great to see as well is the number of international options that you've kind of got into as well. So perhaps uh, you could tell us just a little bit more about how you guys are really following those customer trends and looking at what they want that really enables you to, to set yourself apart from the competition in the space or more traditional, I guess, uh, stores. Yeah. Well, and, and you know, like, I guess we, we, we understand we're not going to be everything to everyone. We don't have produce. We don't have fruit. Everything that we carry is has can be frozen and, and has to be frozen for it to fit within our distribution system. Um, and uh and so what we really focus on is having those Canadian products and then, and then really looking for that diversity. So we, we, there, there's no shortage of diversity and, and interesting and amazing and new and better products that exists. And, and there's all these small um, emerging companies all over Canada that are producing incredible products. And it's just a matter of getting them, connecting them in and, and, and getting their products in our store. Um, we, we, we obviously, leverage the data and analytics and 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 see where the gaps are that we can fill and try and target products specifically that we 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 think will will do well with our customer base and and sometimes we actually work with food companies like like 
a good example is uh, Ling Nan here in Edmonton. They're an institution. They they had a a TV show of, of with their family and and it was amazing. And so worked with them to productize the dry spicy chicken that everyone loves and Sichuan beef and and right away became the kind of exclusive supplier of that. And and so we 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 look for those opportunities where there's something really interesting. And and I guess it all it's it's easy for us because like we love food. <laughs> all of us, my my wife and me and Jamie and Alan and everyone, that it's it's pretty easy to know what customers are gonna want because if we if we want it and we're excited by it, then they probably will will be as well. And I think because we we are the producer and, and we love food, it gives us just this this holistic perspective and solution to to make sure that we get what customers want amazing i love the uh, idea of kind of being that taste curator there where you're like hey this is something we ourselves love we know it's going to be a huge hit let's work together let's make it happen let's get this in in the hands of the people which uh, i think is awesome um so love to love to hear that <laughs> <laughs> now uh coming back to yourself a little bit as a founder uh you know obviously you started this this business with your wife you've grown it over the years you've got a, a lot of great experience there so kind of over that period of time really looking to, to grow the business and collaborate with new partners for uh yourself as a leader kind of how have you been uh, or I guess what's your your leadership style for kind of collaborating with others and and bringing the team together and uh you know coming together to, to have those big ideas on how to continue pushing the company forward yeah, yeah, you know what I think I think grown a lot. It's been uh, been eight years since we started the business or nine years since we started the business. So um, there's definitely been some been some change probably for the better um, on on my my leadership style. But really, I, I think for me, it's about um, just keeping it open and honest. And, you know, if there's a problem and we talk about it, you don't need to get mad at someone or frustrated at them. Um, things happen. We all make mistakes. And 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 I think it's just creating this environment where it's okay to do things wrong. And, and, but, but then if there's a constant problem, it's like, Hey, we need to solve it and, and try and get everybody on board for that. Um, and, and then when it, I guess when it comes to kind of the big picture, it's, it's pretty, it's pretty easy to keep everybody inspired. Like a lot of, like you, you see how much local product goes through our hands in a day-to-day -day basis and, and you feel good about it. Um, and, and, you know, one, one thing that we always do with our team meetings is we share the customer reviews of our products and other products and, and just share that with the team. So everybody can see, Hey, like, look, look at it. People love what we're doing and they love what, what, what's out there. And it's, it's easy as a food producer to kind of get disconnected to that when you're, when you're in the back packaging pies or packaging dumplings, but, but important to really remember that, that who our customers are and, and that they love what we're doing. And, and then that, that hopefully is enough to really drive that inspiration. That's great. Well, I think uh, being a company that's really trying to, to push innovation there and work with local producers who are innovative, it's uh, it's important, as you pointed out, to kind of have things be okay to fail or make mistakes as you're trying to push new boundaries and be innovative. But to your point, if it's happening more than a couple of times, you know, need to step in and fix something, but giving people that freedom to try new things is so important when you're trying to be that innovator and breaking boundaries mm -hmm. in a space. Now, uh, since founding the company, you mentioned, you know, been in business eight, nine years now, which is incredibly exciting. And I think, you know, many businesses are not fortunate to say that they've they've been in operating for that long. So it's amazing to, to see that. But what's been uh, one of your favorite moments with the company so far? 
Yeah, you know, there, there's 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 so many. <laughs> yes, it's it's hard to narrow in. Um, but you know what? I, I think one of the one of the my my favorite times actually, like as of recently, is is when when there needs to be uh um when we're short staffed or or we have a big promotional event and I get I get pulled into to doing deliveries and I think it's amazing just seeing the customer base that we have and and seeing all the customers and you bring them the package and they're excited and and you feel really good about it and and then actually at during that time when I'm doing deliveries I throw on a podcast and do some learning and <laughs> um, uh, there's not a lot of time in my life I have three little kids and and uh um, that I that I have a lot of time for podcasts, but when I'm when I'm out doing deliveries, I get to do that and see all the great customers, and you know, it just makes makes me feel really good about things. So that's amazing. I think uh, when you are able to see the the impact that you're having on the end consumer at the end of the day, it always just makes any any challenges that you may be going through worthwhile at that at that time, knowing you can have a, a positive influence or, or impact on someone else and. I know you you mentioned as well an entrepreneur not having a lot of free time trying to get those podcasts in on the road. So <laughs> when you do have a chance when you're not working, uh, what do you love to do to kind of decompress? Yeah, you know a, a lot of it uh, is is spending time with family. Um, in the the last couple of years, I got in the, um, got into I think maybe because of COVID a little bit and isolation and nature, I got into uh, bird watching. A little bit really? so, uh, okay. yeah super, super super nerdy but I'm uh, pretty into that and love going on just you know it's just being out in nature and the hikes and trying to trying to see new species or different species and and getting the kids into into nature and bugs and rocks and whatever else that that's really uh kind of my time where my brain gets cleared and get some exercise and and really enjoy it that's amazing I think uh yeah time with the family time in nature always kind of help unwind relax and really reset for the next busy week ahead as an entrepreneur now uh upfruit food collective has really achieved uh remarkable growth and, and success in the industry so far um we do know from experience oftentimes that raising capital for companies can be quite difficult it can pose its own challenges and we know the market right now isn't the easiest so can you share a little bit about what's your experience been raising capital so far as a company and in particular for this round, what brought you to equity crowdfunding? Yeah, it's, it's, it's definitely challenging um, for any company. And I think, especially given the times with, with kind of markets and food investment climate, all of that, um, that, that all contributes to, to the difficulty of raising capital today for everyone. Um, and um uh, you know what I think? I think the inspiration behind kind of the crowdfunding for me is it back back when I was in the technology accelerator and and um, I was making okay money, but but not like I was not an accredited investor or anything like that. But I was I was seeing deals all around me, and I was doing strategy, and I was doing business plans and market research and all of these kind of things, helping all these companies. And 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 I really wanted to invest in some of them, but I couldn't because I wasn't an accredited investor. And I think. Um, the the way the regulations have have changed and opened up to enable this crowdfunding thing really excited me because um, uh, I I think that that was that was such a frustration for me in my at that time in my life that I was like I see all these deals and I want in but I can't that that I I, I think for me I wanted to to try and go down this path and 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 try and do that create that opportunity that that we believe we're, we're, is, is ahead of us um, and, and open it up to a broader audience. 
I love that story. And I had no idea that was kind of your, your background and journey, which I think is, is great. That certainly speaks to the mission of what we're trying to do, where there are all these amazing opportunities that exist, but for so long, it was kept away from so many people who would gladly want to participate in that, which I think is great. And I know for self myself, that even reflects my, my own story where I started with front funder first as an investor coming across these opportunities in these businesses where I was like, Hey, this is so cool. I want to invest. I want to support these great local companies. And sure enough, there's now a way to do it with uh, the legislation, which is great. So I love to hear that. And I think in particular for your company that is so focused on community and being that collective that it naturally lends itself so well to a form of mm-hmm. fundraising that is all about community. It's about really, you know, kind of strengthening that relationship with your community and inviting them in and being, hey, not not only can you, you know, be a supporter of the company in, in XYZ shape, but you can also join us as a co-owner, which is uh, super exciting. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I love I love the change in the legislation. I think it's it's a great thing because there are definitely deals that I missed out on that I wish I could have been in. So, <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Well, uh, coming back to to your deal and this opportunity. So you're currently raising four hundred thousand. You've uh, raised so far two hundred and fifteen thousand towards the the round already. So, uh, for investors listening today, how do you plan to use the funds to grow the business, and what's the ultimate vision for Uproot? Yeah. So, so really, really, this round is is. Um, I guess twofold for us. One is um, is just getting getting ourselves to a cash flow positive state here here in the region. Um, we want to drive some some drive customer acquisition, get us to the the level of customer base that we need. That we're cash flow positive. We're able to like kind of be a little bit more control in control of our destiny in that way. And and then secondly is um, prepare for and and launch in Vancouver. So right now we're in talks with a with a co-packer, um, which hopefully in the next couple of weeks we'll have an announcement on um, to be able to um, to start co-packing our South Island pies and honest dumplings. That's really what's held us back from expanding beyond Alberta. Um, and then once we can we can get this deal in place, um, if everything goes according to plan, then we'll we'll be able to hopefully launch in Vancouver probably within the year. And that that's really the 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 goal. Um it it works out pretty like because of this whole frozen model and the way we've structured the 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 distribution and all of that, it lends itself to a really lean launch in other jurisdictions. So we can kind of launch a D to C in in Vancouver, um, start going after wholesale. We don't have to go fully on these long timelines of like getting in a planogram, getting our products into into X big grocery store and takes a year and, and all that. We can just launch the e-com immediately in Vancouver. And all we need is a driver and a delivery vehicle out there. And we can pick, pack, ship the products frozen to Vancouver. Um, they get picked up by the driver and then boom, out to the customers. And so we're pretty excited about kind of doing a lean launch in Vancouver, building that 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 validation up that this that that our products are wanted beyond um, the borders here and and that there's an opportunity for uproot well beyond Alberta, um, yeah. That's amazing. Well, I will be watching closely for the Vancouver announcement. I think that's uh, really exciting. Um, so uh, great to hear a little bit about what those uh, expansion plans are there. And as you noted, kind of being that uh, uh, frozen model has a lot of. Uh, I guess, benefits that it can enable to you as part of that launch. So uh, fantastic to hear there. 
Now, uh, ahead of the episode, we asked uh, a few investors just to submit some questions that they might have. So we had a couple uh, come through that I'd like to run through here quickly. So one of which uh, really touches on expansion, which we were just kind of discussing there. So how do you plan to expand your operations and capture a larger market share? Are there any specific geographical regions or customer segments that you're targeting? Yeah, so I kind of alluded to it in the last question there, but really um, Vancouver first and then Toronto would be would be the or Ontario would be next. Um, the 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 I, I guess ultimately we have a big vision where we we see us having an, an uproot food store and kind of all the major centers, kind of that point of hub for the local food hubs there or for the local companies there. Um, and then, and then from there we can do broad distribution and, and what's kind of neat because of the frozen model is that like you can have one in Edmonton and then service all of Alberta, you can have one in say just out in Vancouver, just outside of prop Vancouver proper, and then service all of BC. Um, and that way we have the ability to unlock all of these amazing emerging brands from across Canada, even the ones that can't sell federally and make them available to customers, um, within their province. And then those products that can sell nationally, we can bring them and, and into the mix and sell them uh, as part of the uproot offering as well. So really, it it for us, it's about about probably going after BC next, and then Ontario, um, and and then and then going beyond that when when the timing timing makes sense. Fantastic. I think that's a great plan for the business and definitely presents a lot of uh, exciting opportunities there. So thank you for, for answering that. The The next question actually builds on that quite well, um, asking if you can just provide some more information about Uproot's customer base and uh, the target market segments that you serve. Yeah, so we, um, you know, we, we have a pretty broad customer base because it, it's, I think what's really interesting is because we have this breadth of product, like we we have those people that love local that love farmers markets that that like that that's definitely a, a big foundation but you might have someone that just loves South Island pies that that maybe isn't so much into the local food but they 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 love the pies or they love the dumplings or they love some local products so most of our customers are are buying a breadth of products within within the uproot brand within the uproot food store but there are some that are just coming in and grabbing Hey, I love this local product, and and they're 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 going for for that one. Um, I I think it's our our market isn't for everyone, and we're not trying to replace everybody's groceries, but really is bringing this kind of restaurant quality food um, available to you at home, and it's it's more affordable and and um, more convenient, and when you heat it up, it's 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 the right texture and the way you want it to be, not necessarily like the, the product that's been delivered to you and, and kind of degrades along the way. That's amazing. Well, I appreciate you answering those questions from uh, investors that we had come through. And as we, we look to kind of wrapping things up today, we'd love to just get into some questions kind of dedicated at uh, other entrepreneurs and investors. Um, so I know with with your background, you mentioned kind of the experience you've had uh, kind of in the accelerator space, seeing a bunch of different businesses and business plans and now being an entrepreneur yourself. So for any future uh, entrepreneurs or current founders who might be listening today, what's one piece of advice you'd like to share with them? Yeah, you, you know what, I'm, there's there's probably a, a million pieces of advice I'd love to share so they don't have to make the same mistakes that I made. But, um, you know, I, I, I think that they don't, don't underestimate the challenges and, and, and the realities of how difficult it will be. 
um, and, and lack of stability of even a paycheck. Um, and, and really, I think like leverage, leverage your family. If you, if you have that, like with three kids and, um, we were lucky to have my mom and my mother-in-law both helping to watch our children and, and, um, supporting us as much as they can, our, our family in, in, in other ways as well. And I think leverage your family and your friends and, and, um, yeah, be prepared for it being very difficult. <laughs> I think that's uh, really great I, advice for sure. If, if I knew how hard it would be, would I have started it? That's a good question. <laughs> no, for sure. It is. Uh, it's one of those things. It is not at all an easy role, an easy job, but it is a very noble one, especially when you're, you know, pushing such uh, innovation. So always have such great admiration for people who do take that journey towards entrepreneurship, because as you said, it is not it is not an easy task. <laughs> no, 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 definitely not. Now, uh, the, oh, go ahead. I was just going to say, I have all the respect for, for everyone who, who takes the journey and, and puts it on the line. And yeah, it's, a, it's amazing. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, the, the next question I just wanted to, to ask is, you know, we know that um, with equity crowdfunding, investors can really support companies in, in so many more ways than just capital. Really, they become supporters, they become brand ambassadors, they can become advocates for the business. So for those listening today, um, how can investors and brand ambassadors really help Uproot succeed in the future? Yeah, you know, I, th I think it's I think it's as much as you can to just keep sharing our story, share the story of our brand, share the story of, of all the local food companies that we're working with. I think um, the more people that that are that are supporting the local economy and 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 the local food, the, the better. I, I realize there's challenging times. Um, local food often doesn't have the same price point as something that's mass produced, and and especially given the the times today. But but do do what you can to support local food companies, and and um, I think their success will drive our success. And and um, yeah, that's a uh, that's that's probably the biggest takeaway. So important and uh, a great message to share for sure. Now, uh, closing things out kind of in, in discussing your, your capital raise today, for investors who might be listening, uh, is there anything else you'd like to share with them about the investment opportunity? No, I, I guess um, if, if anybody uh, um, wants to know anymore or has any questions, don't be afraid to reach out to us. We're, we're pretty open book and transparent and happy to, to if somebody's on the fence or wants to know more or, or, or leaning in, leaning towards it and, and still wants to know more, we're happy to sit down and, and share information and answer any questions. That's definitely, um, definitely our approach is we, 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 we want to be transparent and, and, and want people to come in that want to come in. So. That's incredible. Well, for those listening today who do want to uh, learn more about Uproot and the investment opportunity and really uh, support their mission here, you can learn more at www.frontfunder.com forward slash Uproot. Um, the investment opportunity is currently available at a, a $500 minimum investment, making it very accessible. There's also some great bonus perks available on the campaign page. So definitely uh, recommend that everyone check it out. And uh, there's a fantastic video as well that talks about uh, their journey. So um, definitely encourage everyone to, to have a look at the page. Um, 
As Chris noted, if there's any questions, there's a Q&A on the page or you can uh, reach out to them directly. But uh, yeah, Chris, really want to thank you for your time today. It was such a pleasure learning more about your own background, uh, your own kind of desire to have previously had investment opportunities like this available and uh, the journey to now having, uh, you know, Uproot available through uh, equity crowdfunding. So really, it's uh, been a pleasure chatting with you today. Oh, thank, thank you very much. I appreciate the opportunity to, to, to share our story and my story. And yeah, we, 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 we look forward to, to the future. For anyone new to the podcast, FrontFunder is Canada's leading equity crowdfunding platform, enabling all Canadians to invest in the most exciting startups and growth stage companies, something that was previously only available to the 1%. Subscribe to our weekly newsletter so you can have your questions answered in an upcoming episode. This podcast episode is for informational purposes only and should not constitute financial advice. Investors should conduct their own due diligence on any investment they may be considering on FrontFunder. For details of any offering listed on FrontFunder, refer to the offering document on their campaign page at www.frontfunder.com.